You are listening to DG Talks, a podcast brought to you by Delta Gamma. Each month, the Delta Gamma host will speak on a different topic, covering a wide range of interests for our sisters. We look forward to engaging with you on social media about other topics you would like to hear, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Sue Stanek, and I am an alumna of Delta Gamma Fraternity. I was initiated at Lambda Chapter, University of Minnesota, several decades ago. The podcast we have is called Keeping Hope When Life is Hard. I thought I'd share a little bit about me as we get into the podcast. First of all, I was born with a glass half full sort of personality. I grew up in a loving family, had a great college experience, went on to get a PhD, had a great career. I have a 40-year marriage and two grown daughters that are doing well. We live in a terrific community with a lot of friends. We belong to a great church. We have a weekend getaway lake home, and in general, get to do what we want to do each day. In other words, I have a pretty great life. So why would Delta Gamma ask me to do this podcast called Keeping Hope When Life is Hard, after the somewhat fairytale life I just described to you? Well, as much as what I've just shared is true, I am also not a stranger to difficult times when life has been hard. My mom was diagnosed with MS when I was in kindergarten and was in a wheelchair pretty much confined to our house by the time I was in high school. She also experienced depression because of her limitations. Both of my parents were alcoholics, going through rehab multiple times when I was in high school and college. I was married at 23 And within the first four years of our marriage, my mom and both of my husband's parents passed away, two from cancer and one from a stroke. At age 52, my only sibling, my brother, died unexpectedly from a blood clot that formed five days after a same-day outpatient surgery. A few years later, my husband's very favorite brother passed away from health complications. Most recently, just about three years ago, At age 60, my husband was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, which resulted in a tumultuous, almost didn't make it journey. There was chemo, clinical trial drugs, and finally a bone marrow transplant. I am happy to report that he is currently in remission, yet still experiences the toll this journey has taken on him. And of course, the word relapse looms in the back of our minds as a never-ending possibility. So when Delta Gamma asked me to do a podcast, and gave me topics to choose from, keeping hope when life is hard is one that I knew I could talk about from my heart, which really is a heart of hope, part of that I was born with and part I have developed. I have put together eight tips to help keep hope when life is hard. Tip number one starts with first an acknowledgement. And that is that it is human and necessary to experience a gap between having something hard hit you and finding that hope. It's at that time we lose our equilibrium because our life has, in fact, not turned out as we had planned and perhaps even had assumed. There is grief in that realization. It's the loss of what we had envisioned with an unplanned, unwelcomed change. We need to process the grief not overcome it, but integrate it into our, as they say, new normal. So tip number one for hope is start by allowing yourself to acknowledge and grieve the loss, the loss of the life you had imagined, 
that things would have, should have turned out otherwise, whatever that is that you've lost without a choice in the matter. Tip number one, allow yourself to acknowledge and grieve your loss. Let's go on to tip number two. Don't do it alone. Did you know that sunflowers follow the sun, but when it's cloudy and gray, they face each other and share their energy? That's true. That's a fact. You know, we are designed like sunflowers <laughs> to connect with others for comfort, for hope, and once in a while for a reality check when our times are tough. Also, if there's safety in numbers, I believe there's also hope in numbers. Being able to acknowledge and share the loss with others who understand can bring us a sense of not feeling so alone. And it might be an anticipated loss, a complication, a you know, scary time. Connecting with compassionate people who get that give us hope. I found that attending a grief support group after my brother unexpectedly died and then attending a cancer caregiver support group gave me a sense of hope that I could and would manage the unimaginable. I also found hope in some compassionate individuals who would have coffee with me, talk on the phone, and listen with an open heart. I initiated some of those connections while others initiated them with me. My pro tip is don't wait for someone to reach out to you. Initiate those connections, even when it takes more energy than you think you can muster. I also, I want to mention a blog I subscribe to that's been very helpful in giving me hope and perspective and not going it alone. It's called Mark and Angel Hack Life. Mark and Angel are a husband and wife who've experienced their fair share of difficult times and because of that started this website. I was just reading it this morning. Let me share with you an excerpt from that. They said, in the end, loving yourself is about enjoying your life, trusting your own feelings, taking chances, losing and finding happiness, cherishing the memories, and learning from the past. Sometimes you simply have to stop worrying, wondering, and doubting. Have faith that things will work out, maybe not exactly how you planned, just how it's meant to be. I like that. Again, it's Mark and Angel Hack Life, and let me give you the web address. It's their names, markandangel.com. And Mark is spelled with a C rather than a K. So it's M-A-R-C-A-N-D-A-N-G-E-L.com, markandangel.com. Would you agree with me that when life is tough, it's almost always a situation that's been thrust upon us and is out of our control, right? That's what we talked about. Okay, here comes tip number three for hope. All we can control is how we choose to respond. All we can control is how we choose to respond. When we found out that my husband would be hospitalized for 55 days for an aggressive chemotherapy protocol, I wanted to scream at the doctor and say, but that's over Christmas. Well, yes, it was over Christmas and New Year's too. All we could control was how we chose to respond. So once we accepted that as our reality, we decided to bring Christmas to the hospital. My two daughters, my daughter's husband, myself, and of course my husband, kind of without saying, decided we'd do our best. And this was when my husband was feeling pretty rotten. We reserved a private lounge on the oncology floor. We all dressed up in matching Christmas flannel pajamas, all of us, and opened our stockings and gifts together. 
We gave up the perfect holiday dinner with mom's stuffing only made once a year and replaced it with a Christmas dinner in a box from a grocery store. We had put together a basket filled with small gifts for all the hospital staff on the oncology floor that worked on Christmas, telling them what a gift they were to us and other patients and their families. We also acknowledged it was a hard Christmas. We wondered if it would be our last Christmas with my husband, my girl's dad. We acknowledged it wasn't where we wanted to be, but we also chose not to stay stuck in that as our only train of thought. So to go back to the tip, all we can control is how we choose to respond. You know, our response might not be as full of action as the one I just described. It might be deciding on your attitude. I'll share with you something my husband said in the midst of the journey with no promised happy ending at that time. He said, you know what? It's not going to define us. It's going to refine us. Wow. I wasn't quite there yet, but he helped me along. If you're not feeling quite as heroic as my husband is, um, it might be choosing to simply get out of bed, put one foot in front of the other, and finding one thing to be thankful for in that day. That is also choosing a hopeful response. On to another tip, tip number four for hope, and that is there is peace in acceptance. There's a point where we can choose to accept our circumstances as our reality instead of pushing back. It is that point where we surrender ourselves and our yeah buts or shouldn't be or I still can't accept this really happened to, you know what, it did happen. I'm here now. I can fight back to reconcile what cannot be re logically reconciled or I can accept it. Acceptance doesn't mean I like it, doesn't mean I'm glad for it. It simply means letting go of that tug of war in my mind on what could, should have been and did not happen. So again, tip number four for hope is there is peace in acceptance. Now on to tip number five, and that is be in the moment. You know, they say that much of our worries about things we project will happen, which may or may not, and in fact, many times do not happen. And every time we worry about the what ifs, or focus on what we can't control, we lose that time that could have been spent making the most of what is in that moment in that day. I confess, I have a hard time with this. I tend to project and then ruminate on the impact of what I'm experiencing, the what ifs projecting forward, and usually worst case scenario. Recognizing this, I decided to do something I thought I would never do. I took a class on meditation because I had heard it helped you, quote unquote, stay in the moment. Well, it really did help me. It was like a workout class that exercised my mind muscle to come back to the present when it was drifting away. This helped me do things like say, right now, today, my husband's alive and we're supported by wonderful love and care. Or right now, I have a daughter getting married I am missing my only family, my mom, my dad, and my brother, not sharing this, and I acknowledge that, but I'm also going to be enjoying this moment, enjoying the wedding. That mindset is not going to take that from me. It's not ignoring the negative, but rather not letting it take over and consume the time and energy that would so much better be directed by tip number five, be in the moment. Tip number six for hope, and that is asking ourselves, how can I use this for good? There's a strange sort of hope 
of making sense out of the senseless by finding a greater purpose and meaning in it all. I know many people who are now participating in walks, runs, and other fundraising events because of the pain they or someone they love have experienced because of a life difficulty. Be it cancer, strokes, autism, suicide, diabetes, just to mention a few. Taking on the role of deciding to help raise money to find a cure is using it for good. Soon after my husband was diagnosed, a friend passed on a podcast to me that was titled Suffering Well. Wow, what a title. Part of the message that was so important for me to hear was that without wanting it at all, we had been thrust onto a stage and people were watching. What story would we play out? Would we use this for good or not use it for good? What does using it for good even mean? For us, it meant to model hope to others about how to go through the worst of times with realism, along with hope, faith, strength, gratitude, and love. It was a step-up opportunity that we really both wanted to take. So how did that play out? I'll give you a couple of examples. From the first of 55 days in the hospital, we kept a desk-sized calendar on the wall, monthly calendar on the wall. Each night, I'd ask my husband to tell me what he was grateful for that day, and we'd write it on that date. That continued, and we now have his home office wallpapered with months upon months of gratitude recordings each and every month. I keep my own 10 by 12 monthly calendar and write down my daily gratitudes. Also, my husband's a walker, so he decided to keep up his 10,000 steps a day no matter what whether he was feeling crummy, having a track of 200 steps around a hospital floor, or walking in shopping centers with a mask on to keep the germs away. I cannot tell you how that gratitude calendar and his steps commitment have spurred on others to do the same. That's using it for good. Tip number six is to ask yourself, how can I use this for good? And then act on it. You really never know who all is watching. On to tip number seven, and that is two words, choose gratitude. Honestly, I think gratitude is a silver bullet of hope. It's that ability to regain perspective, see the forest through the trees, and be grateful in our difficult circumstances, not dismissing the hard times, but rather looking at the positives as well. A story we were given in the middle of my husband's journey does a better job of explaining it that I can, than I can. It's called the black spot story, and here it is. One day, a professor entered the classroom and asked his students to prepare for a surprise test. They waited anxiously at their desks for the test to begin. The professor handed out the question paper with the text facing down as usual. Once he handed them all out, he asked his students to turn the page and begin. To everyone's surprise, there were no questions, just a black dot in the center of the page. The professor, seeing the expression on everyone's face, told them the following. I want you to write down what you see there. The students were confused, but got started on the inexplicable task. At the end of the class, the professor took all the answer papers and started reading each one of them aloud in front of all the students. All of them, with no exceptions, described the black dot, trying to explain his position in the middle of the sheet, etc., after all had been read, the classroom was silent, and the professor began to explain. I am not going to grade you on this, 
I just wanted to give you something to think about. No one wrote about the white part of the paper. Everyone focused on the black dot. And the same thing tends to happen in our lives. We have a white paper to observe and enjoy, but we always focus on the dark spot. Our life is a gift given to us by God with love and care, and we always have reasons to celebrate. Be it nature renewing itself every day, our friends around us, a job that provides livelihood, and other miracles we see every day. However, we insist on focusing on the dark spot, the health issue, the lack of money, the complicated relationship, the disappointment. The dark spots are usually very small compared to everything we have in our lives, but they are the ones that can pollute our minds. Take your eyes away from the black spots in your life. Enjoy each one of your blessings, each moment that gives you life. Be happy and live life positively. Despite my best efforts to find out who wrote this, the only answer I've come up with is author unknown. And now on to our last tip of hope, one that I wondered if I should include in this podcast, but then deciding I would take the risk because had I not shared it, I would have not passed on the most impactful tip of all in our life. Tip number eight, have faith. And if you don't have faith, find faith. For us, it's our belief in God. For you, it might be another type of higher power. When my mom was in the hospital back when I was in high school, I saw a quote on a poster in a hallway that stopped me in my tracks. Perhaps you have heard the quote. It uses the word Lord, which works for me, but you might want to substitute it with another greater power if that fits better for you. It's titled Footprints in the Sand. One night I dreamed a dream. I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. When the last scene of my life shot before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. There was only one set of footprints. I realized that this was at the lowest and saddest times of my life. This always bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about my dilemma. Lord, you told me when I decided to follow you, you would walk and talk with me all the way. But I'm aware that during the most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I just don't understand why. When I needed you most, you left me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever, during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Tip number eight is have faith. And if you don't have faith, find faith. To conclude this podcast, I'll repeat the eight tips and hope that one in particular might be the one you needed to hear. Number one, allow yourself to acknowledge and grieve your loss, your difficulty, your not what it was supposed to be. Then don't do it alone. Number two. Seek out others who can share the journey with you that give you comfort and hope. Remember I mentioned the podcast, markandangel.com. That might be a source of you. And others might be groups that you would choose to attend to support you through your challenge, as well as individuals who are compassionate and caring, caring, caring and will help you through the hard times. When I was little, my mom used to say, 
you take on the flavor of what you're marinated in. And she was always referring to who I was becoming friends with. This is one of the most important times of life when we need to be marinating ourselves with people who give us hope, compassion, and care. Number three, all we can control is how we choose to respond. Our attitude as well as our actions. All we can control is how we choose to respond. Number four, there is peace and acceptance. And again, I'll reinforce, it's not that I like what's happening, that I am okay with what's happening, with the difficulty, but rather I accept that it's happening. And when I do so, I give up the tug of war in my mind that plays with what could have, should have been. And on to what is and what will I do. Tip number five, choose to be in the moment. Don't let your worries about tomorrow block your experience of what you do have today. Discipline yourself and your mind to have gratitude and presence to that which you have in the day. Tip number six, ask yourself, how can I use this for good? What could be the greater purpose? How could something good come out of that which I'm experiencing? Oftentimes, it is being that support and help for others who step into the journey that you have more experience with, even though you wished you didn't. Number seven, we're back to gratitude. I've mentioned it before. Choose gratitude. I talked about our gratitude calendar. Both my husband's up on the wall and me keeping one by my on a smaller sheet of paper on my desk to remind myself about the white part of that sheet of paper. And lastly, number eight is have faith. And if you don't have it, find faith. That allows a perspective and an understanding and a reason that goes beyond the unexplainable, the challenges where we can find hope that doesn't exist within the realm of our uh, physical life here in our space on earth. This wraps up our podcast on keeping hope when life is hard. My hope is that there was something within it that affirmed you, something that challenged you, and something that you could pass on to someone else. Delta Gamma has a quote that reflects the purpose of the fraternity that fits perfectly at the end of this podcast, and that is Delta Gamma for strength, for hope, for life. It affirms what I believe and makes me proud to be a part of this great fraternity. Blessings to you in your good times and in your hard times that you may have hope and pass it on to others. Thank you for listening to this episode of DG Talks. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook at Delta Gamma. 